Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, oh please, you please don't let this flop. Hi, I'm EJ Dixon. And I'm Brittany Spanos. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop. A podcast about TikTok brought to you by Rolling Stone. So there's a there, there's a sound taking over TikTok right now. If you know, you know. And it is simply bing bong. Fuck your life. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Julius Randall. Bing bong. So, Brittany, let's 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 talk about this. What is bing bong? Yeah, I mean, I. Okay, so I've only seen it in the context of Coney Island, but I read an article where now I understand that there's a, a sports route to it with yes. the New York Knicks. Which, which is not I something no we would have known inherently. Yes, it's not It's not like my or our forte really in knowing that that was the context of it. But the video that's been going viral on TikTok is from SciTalk NYC, and it's basically this guy is interviewing random men in Coney Island. And, and a woman. The, the Kim woman. Kardashian of Coney Island. <laughs> yes. And so there's just like, it's one of the most quotable videos I've ever seen in my entire life. Like every single response is incredible. You want a shot? Hey, yo, Ariana Grande, what's up, mama? I'll come to Coney Island, take a spin on a cyclone. I miss you. Let's see that flip, boy. Yeah. With the yellow foams on. I have seven female wives. Go to my Instagram. What do you want to tell Joe Byron right now? What's up, baby? Take me out the dinner. It's so good. It's one of those things where I feel like I am now just saying bing bong about everything. Like I just, at one point on Thanksgiving, my friends and I were just screaming bing bong at each other and saying that things were giving bing bong. Um, what does it mean though? Like what, in what context does one use bing bong? Like that I have not really been like able to figure like out. I feel like it's like endless meaning. Like we were literally using it for everything. That's like very every zen. single thing. It's, yeah, giving you know, <laughs> it's giving bing bong. It's giving bing bong. I used it on Instagram. It was, you know, there was, uh, you know, there was a guy annoying us at the bar and we were like, it's giving bing bong. But then we were also <laughs> like, we were like, you look, you look cute. You're giving bing bong. It can mean literally anything. It's more about the tone, you know? So here's where it comes from. So it comes from this YouTube channel side talk, as Brittany mentioned earlier, um, which is basically, you know, started by NYU students. It's people, you know, interviewing crazy New Yorkers like on the street. It's pretty standard, very popular YouTube channel. And the videos open with the sound of uh, the subway doors opening, which is, as we all know, bing bong. Um, although I've never thought of it as bing bong. It's yeah. Like, dun, dun, you know? Yeah. But I guess people hear that and think bing bong. Um, <laughs> and then... So I don't I don't know actually how legit this is, like how incorporated this is into the New York Knicks mythology, because um, my husband is a huge Knicks fan and he had no idea what I was talking about when I asked him about this. But apparently there's a video from outside Madison Square Garden 
with a bunch of like unruly Knicks fans where they just start screaming bing bong. And it's become sort of like a New York Knicks and general New Yorker rallying cry. Mm -hmm. Double fucking overtime! What the fuck, baby? New York is fucking back! Knicks are here, baby! The Knicks are fucking here, baby! Which Which is very smart. Um, I think one of the reasons why this video has gone viral um, is because it is so quotable, like, as you said earlier. But also, Mm -hmm. like, have you noticed this trend, Brittany, in the comments of TikTok videos where people are, like, obsessed with the idea that New York City is some kind of, like, alligator people hellhole (laughs) with, like, mutant rats crawling on the street and, like, just insane people wandering around, like, doing whatever they want? It kind of is. Like, I think, you know, that's that's sort of the the best videos. And that goes beyond TikTok, right? Like, all the viral videos of New York are always, like, insane shit like this. You know, you think of, like, Pizza Rat or, like, stuff like that. It's like, it, it, like, maybe people aren't that off about, like, what, what New York City is because that's kind of, like, the chaos of, of being here. And so I feel like that fascination is, like, very valid but also has tended to make some of the best videos. Like there was a, a series a while back where people are making just like um, videos, like reenacting all the different train stops in Brooklyn and like, you know, like what you see when you get off at Merle Broadway and what you get, what you see when you get off at like Franklin Ave or like stuff like that, just because there is like a very standard chaos to different, a very standard and unique chaos to different points in the city. And I feel like Coney Island is one that also has a very standard level of chaos there that I think is, we don't talk about enough. Yeah, we don't really talk about the chaos of Coney Island enough. That's true. Like, if you spend time, I'm the interview, there was one guy that I recognized who I've, like, seen and interacted before in that video. The guy who says, um, I have seven female wives follow me on Instagram. Yeah. That guy on the boardwalk. (laughs) Like, there are people like that on, on the boardwalk all the time. Like, it is sort of like a nexus for chaos that's kind of underrated in New York lore. Yeah, I feel like the the Upper East Side and, like, Coney Island, Brighton Beach area are a very specific kind of, like, like old people chaos. That Upper East Side beach. of Manhattan? No, Upper West Side, I mean. Upper West Side. Oh, like, Upper West yeah. Side. Because I, I had a... I was very alarmed by, like, just, like, the level of, like, just just older people just going completely lawlessly through the streets of the Upper West Side. And I feel like that's the same sort of, like, lawlessness of Coney Island, where it's, like, a lot of older people... It's, like, under-talked about because there's not, like, a ton of, like, super, super young populations there. And there's it's just a different set of rules in the rest of New York City. And well, I'm kind I mean, of the, with all of it. the thing that's not being said that we're not talking about here is that with the Upper West Side, I mean, the Upper West Side has a pretty severe homelessness problem. Yeah. And Coney Island in particular, you know, it used to be, it's been, it's been gentrified. There's been a lot of money pumped into it recently um, yeah there's it, like it, all those ugly like old gentrification buildings up on coney island now yeah there people are like real estate developers are very much trying to make it like a, a like a destination in and of itself like it was at the turn of the century or whatever um yeah. and and it's and it's unclear sort of how successful they've been but there is this video that we're talking about sort of very much captures this like pre-gentrification coney island energy where people were just like i mean a lot of them let's be real like we're on drugs or like were drinking heavily, but like uh, just walking around the street, like participating in completely untrammeled chaos. Yeah. I just think it's really funny. Like, I feel like there are, I don't know if this is just my for you page, but like there are two sides of New York on TikTok. The one Mm -hmm. side is this where people think (laughs) 
it's like <laughs> that New York is just some sort of cesspool. And the other side is like the people like um, that influencer, Olivia Marcus, um, who I think yeah. we've talked about, like, like the day in the life. Like, yeah, <laughs> I went to. I, I I went to like Soho and I went to a boutique and like I got a matcha latte and I painted my nails and then I decided <laughs> to just like treat myself. Yeah. There are the people who only go above Prospect Park and the people who love to go below Prospect Park. <laughs> which is, I think that is kind of an accurate reflection of New York, yeah. honestly, which is because it's very, you know, economically divided. Yeah. But I, if, if between those two conceptions of New York, I would very much rather have people know New Yorkers by, you know, bing bong in this video. Yeah. Not even a contest. Coney Island, the best that New York has to offer. I love the beach. I love the, I love Luna Park. Love to go see a little like minor league baseball game there. It's really just, it's the best in in New York. And it has a lot of unfiltered chaos. Like it is like fully chaotic all times of year, which also makes it great. I once dated a guy who DJed at that Applebee's right there. Oh my God, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he DJed at that. How how lit was that Applebee? I can imagine. It was I don't like know. Really I never lit. saw him DJ there, but I know that he did. That's a prime opportunity. Yeah, I'm sure. It's closed, I think, now, which RIP. You broke up with this guy? Who in, or Did you initiate the breakup or did he? Uh, you know, it just kind of ended. Wow, that, I mean, I I would. That's a major. There was like, no dramatic breakup. It wasn't, you know, this wasn't like a my like serious boyfriend of ten years. That's a major flex on your part, though. <laughs> that you <laughs> that you dated a guy who DJ at the Coney Island Applebee's. That's the only that's thing the coolest I fucking thing I've ever. That's heard. the only way to describe him is Coney Island Applebee's DJ, which again, a level of chaos. Hi, Don't Let This Flop listeners, it's EJ, just interjecting from the future to add that after we recorded this podcast, a TikToker named Zoe McCreary started a GoFundMe for one of the people in this video, specifically the guy who says Byron. His name is actually TJ, and as Zoe reports, he's currently unhoused, so she started a GoFundMe to get him off the streets, which has raised more than $25,000, and if you'd like to donate, that link is in our show notes. Okay, back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Speaking of DJing, Spotify Wrapped dropped this week, which, Brittany, you correctly described in our doc as a national holiday for extremely basic people. Yeah, I mean, you could not turn anywhere on any piece of social media in the past week without someone pointing out their Spotify Wrapped and being either supremely proud or 
extremely embarrassed by having the same artists as everyone else because every single person had Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift on theirs, including myself. But nobody's actually embarrassed. I mean, anybody who posts about it is not actually embarrassed. Exactly. Like, like they want people to flex, know. It's a weird flex in a way. Yes. So if you don't use Spotify or for some reason have never opened Instagram or Twitter in early December every year, Spotify Wrapped is the streaming app's annual personalized roundup of all the music you listen to throughout the year. And it kind of breaks down all the data. It's like you listen to this many minutes of music in the in the year or you are in the top like five percent of of olivia rodrigo listeners um and it breaks down sort of like by genre like you listen to like a lot of like dance pop and all it really does though is expose that most people are both depressed and gay so i just i've been obsessed (laughs) with it (laughs) it's always depressed and gay yes not it's always both yes everyone had like phoebe bridger's number one and like dance pop number one genre um, but yeah, like, you know, of course, Wrapped also made its way to TikTok. And I feel like I didn't really see it all over TikTok as much last December. Um, but it feels like it was kind of every single video that was popping up on, on my For You page um, in the days that followed it dropping. But everyone was sharing their favorites, their grievances, their surprises. People were making fun of the the way that Spotify delivers the news, you know, that very kind of like, your taste was on fleek, blah, 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 like very like weird <laughs> Quotes about it. Um, 2021 Spotify Wrapped is here. Oh, thank you. Who's my top artist? You deserve a playlist as long as your skincare routine. Okay. You boots the house down this year, shoddy. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm a, I, of course, get a lot of Swifties on TikTok just because as a Taylor Swift stand myself, like I get a lot of that. Um, so it's like a lot of people pointing out that they were all in the top 0.5% of Taylor Swift listeners. But there's one thing that really, truly shook, shook me to my core and something I never have seen in Spotify rap discourse before. And it was the number of people listening to Spotify so much that they possibly broke a record in how many minutes they spent on Spotify. So one person in particular is this user named Kiersey Klein from the UK. And she listened to Spotify for 175,562 minutes this year which is equivalent to 121 days, I think. I don't know. I'm not good at math. And it <laughs> took me a while to sort of break that Listen, down. I'm not going to fact check you. That's fine. Yeah. Let's accept it as true. But it seems like a, it seems accurate. Yeah. Um, so according to Spotify Wrapped, it told her that that's also more than 100%, 100% of UK Spotify users. And her favorite song was Gold Rush by Taylor Swift, which she listened to over 21,000 times which is also like kind of a big mood. And <laughs> she was in the 0.0001% of Swift's listeners. Just insane stats all around. Like, bravo to her. What was on your Spotify rap? You said Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo. What else? So my, my Spotify rap is always a little bit inaccurate just because I mostly use Spotify for work or mm-hmm. like when I'm listening on my computer and also for like playlists. Like my friends, a lot of my friends use it for making playlists. So like I'll listen to their playlists or make playlists with or for them. So it's always like a little bit skewed. So the numbers were like pretty low, but Taylor Swift's Gold Rush was number one on it, which, you know, again, fair. I, you know, I think I just listened to Evermore a lot this year, um, generally. And then, yeah, it was, it had like a lot of dance pop. I listened to this, um, this like how 90s house playlist a lot this year that I found on Spotify just like some random user made. So it was like Show Me Love was like one of my top songs. Like by Show Me Love by Robin S was like one of my As top well songs. It should be. Um just because I was like DJing my friends like backyard parties all summer with the same playlist. And so 
it just really blew up my Spotify wrapped. So it was a very weird selection of stuff. Not entirely wrong. Like, I'm glad Red Hot Chili Peppers made into the top five. I think that's a good representation of who I am. Um, and that, that was about it. Mine is, like, too weird, I think. I, I also, I don't like, I, I strongly feel like Spotify wrapped is, like, the worst day on the internet. Like, and it isn't even a contest. Like, people say that April Fool's Day is the worst day of the internet. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, Spotify. Because it just completely dominates the conversation. And it's like, I don't really care you know what you listen to so i don't even yeah. i don't even want to share what's on my spotify rap because i i don't think anyone would care but it's largely the wreck it ralph soundtrack and uh lame is and little shop of horrors and doja yeah. if if anyone is actually interested because my son likes all of those things yeah my like my apple music playlist that sort that lists all the songs i listen to the most is a little too accurate because it's like like five Bo Burnham songs in the top 10 and like driver's license and a bunch of like Arctic monkey songs. Cause I went through an Arctic monkeys thing this year. Like it's like really, it's depressing. It looks like I um, just don't even know what I was doing this year. <laughs> so Brittany, you did, you did the Adele cover story recently, which was great and everyone should read it. Um, yes. But is it, so Adele didn't make it onto your Spotify wrapped? No, because I was mostly listening to her on Apple Music, so I didn't make my Spotify mm-hmm. wrapped, but she has been dominating my For You page, of course, just because the algorithm is, like, a little too smart sometimes, and she's like, kind of all over it. Megan the Stallion's all over it already, so the Water Under the Bridge Challenge has had the firmest grip on my For You page over the last week, so I don't know if you've seen any of these videos yet, EJ. Have they come up for you? Uh, not really. Yeah. No. So... Basically, what someone did is they mashed up uh, a video of Megan performing her song Body at the 2020 AMAs. And it's like a very typical sort of Megan choreography moment, like just like a lot of insane knee things that she's doing and a lot of twerking and just kind of really intense, like incredible dancing. And it's mashed up with the chorus of Adele's 2015 song, Water Under the Bridge, from her album 25. And it was originally created to prove a point that you can dance to Adele, even if she's known best for making us cry. She doesn't have a lot of, like, upbeat dance songs. This is Mm -hmm. one of the more upbeat ones. And to everyone's surprise, the choreo works pretty well. Like, it mashes up kind of perfectly. Um, You know, it's a little shocking. Megan even shared it on her Instagram. Like, it was going viral on Twitter a lot over the last couple of weeks, too. So it was kind of, it was all, like, weirdly over um, pop internet for a second. And it also kind of worked with a verse from Body being put into Water Under the Bridge. So someone had done sort of like a fake remix of Water Under the Bridge with a Megan verse on it, which also, again, don't know why it works so well, but it does. And the whole thing going viral is even funnier given a recent interview that Adele did with Zane Lowe to promote 30, where she kind of made a point to talk about making music for TikTok. And in the interview, she said that her label really wanted her to make some music that was TikTok friendly to bring mm-hmm. in younger fans. They wanted her to make, um, you know, a type of like TikTok-y song that would appeal to 14-year-olds, which I think is like kind of an insane thing to say to Adele, who is someone who like has only released now four albums and each one has broken like insane records on l- listenership. And but she it's also out, a fairly standard thing for labels to say to artists now, right? Because TikTok yeah. is so crucial to success in the music industry. 
Yeah. And so she's pointing out that she personally doesn't make music for TikTok and that she's sort of uninterested in making music that's like outside of what she already makes. Like she doesn't want to change her sound to appeal to an app and to appeal to 14 year olds because she's making music for people her age. But what this challenge sort of proves to me is that I don't think that there's any set concept of what a TikTok song is. I don't think labels have a specific notion of what they're saying when they're asking for TikTok music because literally anything can be a TikTok song. We've seen that happen repeatedly with older songs, Fleetwood Mac Streams. There was a Rustic Root song that took off last year. You see that with Taylor's All Too Well, a song that came out, you know, I guess like almost a decade ago or a decade ago. And that is a huge power ballad that for some reason has now taken off on TikTok again, just because it's so sad. Driver's license. I don't think people would have called that a TikTok song necessarily, um, just by the basic definition of it. But that's a song that's like really thrived on TikTok and has continued to thrive on TikTok. So I feel like when people are talking about TikTok music, they're mostly talking about TikTok artists. So they're talking about Lil Huddy, 24K Golden, Kid Leroy, artists that are sort of younger teens making music for teens that is sort of ephemeral and fun and kind of, you know, silly. But that's not necessarily what is blowing up on TikTok all the time. So I I don't think that there's necessarily a definition of TikTok music that people understand. I think you're right. And and I think, you know, like like we were talking about earlier, like this is a directive that a lot of music labels are giving their artists right now Mm -hmm. and without really understanding what that means. But I do feel like there are certain songs that do go viral on TikTok that you look at it and you're like, okay, I completely understand like why this would go viral on TikTok. Like when WAP was really yeah. big last year, like that song is just sort of, it's, I mean, it's got, it, it, it's, it's good. It's sort of a combination of like a great hook, something that you can make sort of like a very specific tailored dance to. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a certain kind of like, there's a certain kind of uh, this is hard to describe. I don't I don't know if I. Well, it's like the dance challenge music. Like I feel like you know it's like like you said the songs that give like very specific directives. Like Megan's body was a song that yeah. did also go viral on TikTok, and so I think that's an accurate portrayal of TikTok like two years ago. But I feel like in the last two years, especially, and I you know again that has sort of affected a lot of what people who want to appeal to a more like kind of, um, I don't know, like a a very, very young audience and kind of want to have those challenges. Like people were begging for dance challenges at one point in like 2019, 2020, where people were doing these like very forced, like do a challenge to my song and like no one was doing a challenge to it. Um, Yeah. But like, I feel like because of how popular TikTok has gotten, especially during the pandemic and the amount of users that are on it, the widened demographics of TikTok over the last two years, it's just so impossible to even consider something a TikTok song anymore because literally anything can take off. Like anything can start a dance challenge. Anything can, you know, become viral because there's a storytelling element of it. Like the dance challenges are, are now just like another genre of TikTok. Like they're, I feel like not even the dominant force of TikTok anymore. Yeah. One of my favorite accounts is an account that's sort of making fun of that aspect of it. It's just these two honestly very hot people, which is part of the reason why I follow them. But the other reason why I follow them is because they do insanely intricate (laughs) choreographed dances to uh, like the great British Bake Off theme song. (laughs) 
and um, you, you just uh, things that like you wouldn't expect to go viral on TikTok. It seems like they're almost kind of parodying the idea of TikTok music and TikTok yeah. dances. And I feel like we're kind of at that point in TikTok's evolution where where yeah. it's very meta in that sense. And I will say, like, I feel like sad songs have always done moderately well on TikTok, even before the demographics really brought in. Like, I feel like um, sadness on TikTok is something that's always been pretty prevalent and offset a lot of the just like sillier and, you know, more viral dance challenges. So I feel like that's always sort of been underlying with it. But yeah, it's it's like funny because I think people, I feel like a lot of people who aren't using the app very specifically anymore don't realize that the app has completely changed and has gone well beyond. Like people aren't doing the renegade anymore, you know, like that's been done. People stopped doing the say-so dance, like, last year. Like, they've moved on to, like, other dances. You know, like, everyone's, like, you know, they've moved on to other dances and other forms of, like, making songs viral that um, is just, like, really fascinating. Yeah, it seems pretty clear to me that the people who told Adele that she has to make more TikTok music don't actually use TikTok. Yeah. I saw someone make a dance to an Elliot Smith song. What's up with that? But that's, like, I mean, that's sort of the same thing we were talking about. Or like, it's it's almost like it's so doesn't make sense as a dance that it's commenting on the fact that anything can be a dance on TikTok now. Yeah, I did try to learn it. Surprisingly hard. <laughs> what song was it? It was To Say Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's go into straight people. Straight people. Um, this is our segment, What Are Straight People Doing? And by the way, that is my son Solomon singing straight people and doing a pretty good job. In my opinion. A hit song. Hit song. It took a, it took a couple takes. Um, at first, he was singing, straight, we are people. <laughs> and we were like, no, you don't need to. <laughs> straight he people are straight not. People that's rights. not the point of this. <laughs> yeah. We're not, this is not a song for straight people rights. Straight people don't need rights. But anyway, this week in straight people, um, all the Hamilton stands are freaking out because Anthony Ramos and Jasmine Cephas Jones split up. Yep. It's, I mean, I, it's one of those things where I now have learned how many people in my life are secret Hamill stands because they were deeply invested in this. And I was too. Maybe I'm also, I, I, I liked Hamilton, but I didn't realize I cared this much. But also to point out specifically who their characters were in Hamilton, Anthony Ramos played the son of Hamilton in the musical the son of Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton. And then he also played Hamilton, I think, briefly um, and on Broadway. And then Jasmine Safis jones did two roles in Hamilton where she played Peggy, one of the Schuyler sisters, and also Mariah Reynolds, who is the woman that Alexander Hamilton cheats on Peggy's sister with. Yeah, I mean, they're both extremely talented. Um, they both kind of have had breakout careers as a result of their time in Hamilton. She's on Blind Spotting on Stars currently, mm-hmm. which is very well reviewed. And Anthony um, has had a huge year. He was on the cover of a bunch of men's magazines. Everybody was predicting he's going to blow up. And word on the street. He's, he's getting he, Oscar buzz, too. So he probably will very likely um, be it during award season. We'll be seeing him a lot more. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. I think he's kind of going to keep a low profile now because yeah. people people aren't too happy with him. He, <laughs> so basically what happened is uh, the TikTok account Dear Jane, uh, which is basically a celebrity gossip account, um, posted a video claiming that Anthony Ramos had been spotted in a strip club with a quote-unquote white girl in 2021 
while he and Jasmine were engaged. They've been engaged since 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, this account, Dear Jane, you know, for context, it's basically like Dumois. Um, it runs on blind items, except the woman who runs the account reenacts the stories. And a lot of the time you kind of have to take these videos with a grain of salt because she says, you know, that she doesn't verify them independently. But this mm-hmm. time she posted receipts because she had who or whoever sent in this tip provided surveillance footage of someone looking like Anthony Ramos and another woman at this strip club. Yeah, I um, believe it was um, one of the dancers, too, who, like, was the one that spotted him. Yes, Yes. On literally mere moments after the video was posted, um, we don't know if the video was related to this. It probably just sort of moved things along. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess um, that this had been something that had happened a while ago and and their their team was just like, okay, we got to We got to go public with this now. A source close to the couple told E! News that Jasmine and Anthony had broken off their engagement. And this wasn't actually the first time I'd heard they were on the rocks. Um, anybody who listens to Who Weekly knows that they talked about the fact that they hadn't posted each about each other on Instagram in a while and were sort of expressing concern. But immediately after this story breaks, the Hamilton stands start freaking out on TikTok and the rumor mill explodes. There's tons of TikToks about him cheating with other women. Someone made a TikTok about Anthony cheating on Jasmine with Vanessa Hudgens during the Kennedy Center production of In the Heights. And Brittany, I don't want to derail the podcast by talking about Vanessa. <laughs> but let me tell you something about Vanessa Hudgens. Um, <laughs> she must have seen someone kill someone or like saw someone bury a body or knows where the bodies are buried because she gets cast in everything. And for what? <laughs> Why? Why does she get I, cast in everything? I want to know. I have no clue. I have no clue. But I do. I, I found her pr- pretty charming in The Princess Switch. And The Princess Switch 2. I just haven't seen the third one yet. Are they good? I'm dying to see them, actually. <laughs> they, they are sound like really good. one of the better Netflix holiday films. Because I feel like it's one of those things where Vanessa could have easily gone into the direction of trying to become a more serious actress. And, like, pretend like she, she can't, was though. more talented. She and, can. like, goes full camp in this, which is very good. I, the one, the Cassian didn't understand was when she was cast in, in Grease Live. What was that about? She was cast in Grease Live. She was cast in Rent Live. She did this Kennedy Center production. Oh, I she, forgot about Rent Live. God. She was, and she's, she was, um, I don't want to say she was terrible because she wasn't terrible, but she definitely, I mean, she's played these iconic roles. She was Rizzo in Rent, and she was Maureen, I mean, Rizzo in Grease, Maureen in Rent, and... Am I bitter because I'm an alto and I should have been cast in those roles when I was doing musical theater in high school? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> She's always going to be a, a certain level of famous. One, she invented Coachella. Two, high school musical. Okay, but don't, but like, let's not forget that this girl went viral a little over a year and a half ago for making oh, this yes. insane Instagram live video where she completely People will dismisses. Die. People will, but which is. Tragic, but inevitable, maybe? <laughs> but, like, it's a virus. I get it. Like, I respect it. But at the same time, like, even if everybody gets it, like, yeah, people are going to die. It's just terrible. But, like, inevitable? That's what she says. Yeah. We were all there. And she was clearly fucked up and she had to eat shit as a result, like of, of everybody becoming outraged over this video, like justifiably outraged because she was mad. She couldn't, she, she could not go to Coachella mm-hmm. and 
she's like, and now she's making the rounds, like, you know, promoting her latest project. I saw her on the cover of Glamour. And like, yeah. I just don't, we all have such short memories. Yeah. Like that was an unforgivable video. Yeah. In my opinion. But but Hollywood has a short memory. Hollywood um, has her memory. And also she's like a, a non-entity, right? Like she's just famous enough where she can get cast in these like kind of random things. Like no one's looking to cast like actual Broadway people in Rent Live or in like Grease Live or in the Princess Switch. They don't want to like put like an Oscar. They're not going to put like Florence Pugh in the princess switch, like they're gonna put Vanessa Hudgens because she's like a non-entity. I feel and... like Florence Pugh would do the princess switch though. I feel like nobody's everybody's just too scared to ask her, but I feel like she would. <laughs> Maybe she would. I feel like she's yeah. waiting for someone to ask her to be in the princess yeah. switch. <laughs> but also, no one's looking to Vanessa Hudgens for serious opinions on things. But we need to talk about the thing that I'm very obsessed with about this whole breakup ordeal, which is emotionally recovering from your breakup publicly at Marie's crisis in Manhattan. Yeah, that that was amazing. That video Which is like like theater kid fanfic. <laughs> like I feel like I I know several people who have done the exact same thing. And they were freshmen at NYU's Tish and they have done the exact same thing. So please 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 explain race crisis and what happened because I'm obsessed. So <laughs> <laughs> so you had friends, you had friends in college who had gotten over at NYU who had gotten over a breakup and were like, I just need to sing it out. And then yes. they go to they go to Marie's Crisis and they sing like maybe this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that's so amazing. <laughs> I do that too, but like at karaoke, not at Marie's Crisis. Which is this, which is Broadway karaoke, yeah. Yeah. But, so Marie's know. Crisis is basically this piano bar in New York City. It's pretty, it's pretty famous. Um, and right after the video was posted on TikTok, the Dear Jane video. Um, Jasmine apparently goes to Maria's crisis and sings My Man very poignantly um, at Maria's crisis. And it's a beautiful video. It's going viral now for obvious reasons. For whatever my man is. She's, it's, it's very like emotive and people are reading all sorts of things into it. Um, which it's I don't also, know is necessarily, like, I mean, she's a good performer, you know, like that's why. Yeah. The the thing with the two is like one, they don't like allow a video in Marie's crisis. Like it's like a big deal to like, they like, my friend like once got in trouble because the flash of her disposable camera went off and like everyone like turned to her. Like it was like, you know, the movie Get Out when, like, the camera flashes and, like, everyone's just, like, what is happening here? Um, so they, like, don't allow, like, photo or video in Marie's Crisis because there are, like, a lot of, like, same famous Broadway people who kind of pull through and, like, want to be able to just, like, sing or whatever and have fun. Um, so it's, like, kind of weird that they, or video put out there. I feel like one of her friends filmed it or something. Like, it had to be, like, someone close to her was filming it. But, yeah, so she was singing My Man and everyone was kind of, like, giggling when she, like, she was kind of doing, like, a very clear, cheeky nod to it because she rolls her eyes when she sings My Man. It's a good move. It's a very self-referential move. She's she's gonna, she's so beautiful. She's so talented. She's gonna come yeah. out of this just fine. And honestly, like, everybody's really mad at him right now. It, like, it's sort of the same thing is happening on TikTok that happened with Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal is probably so grateful that, like, everybody gives a shit about Anthony Ramos and not him right now. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal's unbothered. Anthony Ramos is just the beginning of his career. So this is probably, 
I don't know how, I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know how much is actually going to hurt him, but like, I, don't I think, think it will have sort of like a public image effect. Or I think hire he was some crisis PR. Yeah. He'll, you know, eat crow in a couple of interviews. I don't think he's going to go like, you know, Robin Thicke. This is such an old reference. Like, I feel like such a millennial, but like Robin Thicke after he was busted cheating, like went on basically like a public press tour, um, yeah. you know, trying to get Paula Patton back. I don't think that's what's going to happen here. I think. I think, yeah. I think he's going to do like one big apology interview just in time for award season. Because um, again, like his, he was really great in In the Heights and is definitely getting a lot of award buzz over the year. And if he plays his cards right, he can just continue to ride that wave. But I will say, like, one of the worst parts about this breakup going viral and me liking every video about it is that now I'm getting a lot of, like, Hamilton drama yeah. all over my For You page. Um, there was some drama with, like, one of the actors was not allowed to post video of them on stage and, like, someone else was doing it. And, like, he pointed out how it was, like, kind of stupid that, like, an actor in a in a different production of Hamilton was, like, posting videos and he wasn't allowed. So I'm like, I don't want to be on this part of the internet anymore. Yeah, no, that's the exact same thing happened to me, <laughs> like, months ago. I liked a few videos of people making fun, like, doing impressions of Lin-Manuel Miranda. And yeah. I wrote a piece about, like, how TikTok was making fun of Lin-Manuel Miranda. And all I have gotten... TikTok thinks that I love Hamilton and that yeah. I'm a Hamilton stan. And it's so infuriating. Um, we're not. Like, I, I need to just be like, I need to report the content, honestly. I know. I, I like, I put not interested because I started to get a lot of Hamilton <laughs> performance videos and I was like, I'm not interested. I, I am not interested not in interested. Hamilton. I just, I just want to know who's cheating on who. Exactly. It's like, don't, don't confuse my interest in celebrity gossip with my interest in returning to my theater kid roots. Like, I don't want to do it. The moral of the story is basically millennials have to find a new musical because there are other musicals out there and Hamilton is the Harry Potter of millennial obsessions, and, and everyone has to move on. The other moral of the story is to go to Marie's Crisis after, after a breakup and provide excellent <laughs> entertainment for all of us. It's so funny. I need it. It's so funny to me that you knew people <laughs> in college who would, like, <laughs> recuperate. NYU. It was filled with some of the most annoying people in the world. Like, I don't... What, what do you think they did? We were too close to Marie's Crisis. Like, it's just, yeah. You know... Whomst among us? I can't judge them, but I do. My favorite time of every week, and if you thought that we ran out of himbos during the himbo holiday spectacular, you're insane because the world is wealthy in himbos. There are so many. And <laughs> this week, I am going to talk about my favorite TikTok creator of the moment, who is Ewan Cook. He is Welsh, and he makes the exact type of pop curl bait that I love, which is very, very detailed and, like, honestly, pretty accurate depictions of, like, what pop stars do in those, like, little moments on stage, like, while they're singing and while they're, like, at award shows and during tour. And it's kind of, like, it's pretty incredible to me. I just, I love it. So they're all done in his bedroom where he's surrounded by, like, a shocking number of Hunger Games posters, like, like <laughs> way too many Hunger Games posters, and uses, like, his wired headphones, like, puts them behind his neck and pretends like they're the earpieces that pop stars always kind of dramatically take out during different points of their set to, like, hear the audience screaming. And he uses, like, a spray can as a microphone. So my absolute favorite one that I've been obsessed with is 
It features Ewan in a black sweatsuit lip syncing to Bad Blood by Taylor Swift before it transitions to I Did Something Bad. Best song. But, Best song off that album. I mean, yes. I mean, Reputation Rights, such a great album. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does this dramatic lean on an object pretending to that he's, like, leaning on a backup dancer during the transition, like, while he's, like, heavy breathing um, to kind of, like, catch his breath after he finishes Bad Blood. And he lets out, like, a little smirk at the unseen audience during the transition, too. And the text overlay reads, Me at 4 a.m. pretending it's the first night of my sold-out world tour, and I'm trying to keep in character during the transition between the first and second song, but the fans are going crazy. Which oh. is, like, Who hasn't you done know, this? We've all, we've all seen it. And his depictions are so, so accurate. Even Billie Eilish commented on that one, but she like makes very rare comment section appearances and said perfect form. So we need to get him on a world tour stat. So anyway, I love you and Cook. I love these videos. Um, And if you love pop music and you watch a lot of like live pop concert tour videos, whatever. It's like, it's like deeply accurate. There's one where he even does the Water Under the Bridge Megan The Stallion remix and pretends it's like him at an award show with a surprise guest and takes like a dramatic sip of water during the Megan um, verse and says hi to people in the audience. It's very, ever, it's pretty good. Have you ever pretended that you, do you ever fantasize about like being at an award show and what your acceptance speech would be? Oh, all the time. What would it, what would it be like? It depends on the the context you know, <laughs> I feel like I have what do, to. Like, what do you, you mean? Know. That's so vague. <laughs> I feel what like if, always, as a Leo, I spent mm-hmm. a lot of my life pretending I won all win awards, okay. and so yeah, you know, like if I like won an Oscar, which I have no reason to win an Oscar, I can't act and don't want to write a film, but like if I did, I thank my mom, all my mm-hmm. friends, you know, my husband Drake. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, probably God. And no, I don't know. I don't believe in God, but like maybe as a joke. I I too fantasize about this, even though I have no talents and yeah. nobody's ever gonna there's no awards for like internet bloggers. <laughs> so I'm never gonna win anything real in my entire life. <laughs> but if but, you did win like a Tony. But I but I, if I win it if I won a Tony. Yeah. I mean, it has to be like a, a random award. If I, if I want a Tony, I feel like the first thing I would do is like to make myself charmingly relatable. And this would also be my impulse to be like, well, fuck. And then everybody would be like, oh, she's just like Jennifer would, Lawrence. I would definitely cry. I feel like yeah. that's like an easy, you know, I, I would cry. I also don't handle surprise as well. So if I won an award, it'd be a big surprise that I won the award. So I would definitely cry. Like, that's not even just, like, the fantasy par- portion of it. Like, it would probably happen against my will. I might barf. Yeah. I'm, I get very nauseous when, like, <laughs> good things happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> that are unexpected. Yeah, I always I would feel like I'm going to throw up. So maybe I would. Maybe maybe yeah. the camera would zoom in on my face and, like, Tony Collette and, like, Glenn Close and yeah. would, like, be in the frame and they would zoom in on my face as I won, and it would just be like vomit, like pouring out of my mouth, like ner- nervous, happy vomit. <laughs> Mine would be just like a snotty cry where I'm like pretending like I'm not crying and I'm just like sobbing my way through. Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop This Week in TikTok, brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network, written and hosted by me, EJ Dixon, and Brittany Spanos. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Chelsea, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul. Edited by Dan Stein, and original music composed by Daniel Mertzloft. 
See you next week.